Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you tonight about overcoming temptation with Scripture. Overcoming temptation with Scripture. I find this interesting that we are talking about temptation because when we think about temptation, what are the things that we think about? I will tell you this, it's not good. (laughs) It is not good when we talk about temptation and when we even think of the word or say the word, we might have something in particular in mind that's kind of uh, questionable and is not, it is something that, you know, dare, as Paul would say, dare not be named among us. (laughs) Temptation. It says it's the lure of attraction, the pull toward pleasure, the seduction of the will to abandon what we know is right, to indulge in the act of the moment that seems immediately satisfying. Now, when we look at that word and we kind of look at that definition that the author gives us, My mind goes back to some things of, you know, well, maybe I have fallen into temptation sometimes. Let me give you an example. How many of you have ever said to someone, your spouse or a loved one or a friend, where do you want to eat? Well, I don't know. What sounds good to you? And we rack our brain trying to find that restaurant that would appease the mood that we're in. (laughs) Oh, we are constant, you know, we're not considering the fact that really food is food. And food, I mean, I know that, but mostly just in a general aspect here, food is food and most food is good. We know we have experiences where food isn't good and you know, like that 423 that got sick eating that uh, McDonald's salad. So, you know, some things happen like that. But in general, we know that food is just food and it's just something that we like or we hate. But, oh, it is, seems like to me, and maybe I'm talking to me, but it seems like, oh, I want something that's just going to hit my pleasure. Just, I want something that's going to taste fantastic. And we rattle our brain and we think, well, do you want peppers? No, I've, I've had peppers. Well, what about Ronnie B's? No, I don't think so. What about um, George? You know, he got that good fried chicken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I don't want that. What about this restaurant? What about that one? Well, I don't know. And then somebody says something and they'll say, oh, you know, I love their fried this or I love their this salad or that sandwich or this fish or that chicken meal or something like that. And all oh, the reason why is because we know that we're looking for pleasure from food. Amen. I know that's not temptation, but in the essence, that is in a way temptation because that is saying to us that it is temptation is giving in 
to our desires and to our pleasure. Amen. You know, sometimes we don't like to go to the doctor and the doctor does unpleasant things and the doctor says unpleasant things. Yes, he does. But we know that we've got to go to them because they help us. And if we don't ever go to the doctor because we know we don't like them, trouble ensues us. Amen. Temptation affects everyone. Doesn't matter who you are, how strong you are, how knowledgeable, how um, immersed in the Bible, or how committed to integrity. But temptation hits each and every one of us. I may be because of time and everything, maybe skipping around and all of that, but I just want to share with you, every one of us deals with temptation. Every one of us deals with temptation. And I'm not to say that, you know, we're not tempted of doing a drug and we're not tempted of doing a, an alcoholic beverage or we're not tempted to do something unfaithful or morally wrong or anything like that. But folks, sometimes that temptation can come in when a situation arrives and you just want to tell a little lie. You know, somebody's on the phone. Oh, don't tell them. Shh, don't tell them I'm here. Don't tell them I'm here. Oh, you're looking for Adam? Yeah, no, shh, don't tell him I'm here. Don't tell him. Yeah, he's not here. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, I fell into temptation. I didn't want to talk to that person. And I thought, oh, just tell him I'm not gone. I'll just deal with it later. But, oh, I fell into that temptation. I like the story that was told here at the beginning where the kid was watching his dad's um, foot, uh, basketball game. And the kid watched as one of the players threw the basketball and the buzzer went off right when the ball hit the, the, um, the rim of the net. It didn't actually go in until after the buzzer went. But if you saw it from the naked eye, you would think that, hey, it went in and they won and all this. They got the winning point and everything. Well, the kid went to his dad, who was the head coach, and said, Dad, you know... It didn't go in. It didn't go in until after the buzzer. And see, that temptation could have been where that kid could have said, I know I saw it, but I'm not going to say nothing because I know it's going to help my team. It's going to help my dad. And vice versa, the dad is saying, I could have said, boy, you better hush your mouth. We ain't going to say this to nobody. You're just going to sit down and we're just going to, that temptation sometimes. And see, Temptation doesn't have to necessarily be something that is quote-unquote evil. But temptation can be a desire or something that's contrary to God's will. And we don't like that. And so we will skew and connive and think of ways to get out of God's will. Oh, think of Jonah. Oh, God told him to go to Nineveh. And what did he do? Boo! He didn't go to Nineveh. That temptation of leaving and going off. Oh God, he's just going, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to go somewhere so he can't find me. Knowing God knows. God knew exactly where he was. Oh folks, sometimes we just do things, don't we? And just think God don't see. That's like I told someone the other day. I said, sometimes I just want to kill my kids and tell God they just died. 
I don't know what happened, Lord. They just died. I, I don't know what happened. But He knows. He sees everything. He knows all. And all there, Jonah was uh, <laughs> kind of like what Jesus told Paul, kicking against the pricks. <laughs> he, was just, he was fighting a losing battle. And there, you know what happened to Jonah. I don't have to go into it. But we know what happened to Jonah. Temptation affects us all. It's not just the major red-letter temptations that assault us, for the daily stress of life today creates constant opportunities for us to yield, in pa- yield to impatience, irritability, anxiety, profanity, and sharpness of tongue. Oh, my. Sometimes that temptation to blast somebody to kingdom come just this <laughs> just gets all over us sometimes. Oh, sometimes just that being impatient and and going and doing. There was one. <laughs> I was at a restaurant and I was waiting for some steak sauce and I for and I was waiting on some steak sauce and I told that waiter. I don't know how many times I needed steak sauce. And he'd go by. Yeah, don't forget my steak sauce. Okay, he'd go by. So you know what I did? I just said, you know what? I'm going to help that guy out. I just got out of my seat. I just went up to the waiter station where all the waitresses and waiters were. They looked at me and I said, excuse me. And I just got the condiment that I needed. I just went right back to my seat and sat down. (laughs) And they all looked at me and I said, steak sauce. I got it. Now, see, that was so ugly of Brother Adam. <laughs> that was so ugly of me to, you know, I know sometimes people get busy, but I think sometimes we've got to learn to be a little patient and understanding sometimes. Uh, amen. But, oh, sometimes that irritability, the anxiety lets us choose and make decisions unwisely. Because we're in t- we are tempted to do something that we shouldn't. Board members, I'm going to give you something that's going to bless y'all's socks off. I was told in a board meeting, you do not make a decision on any new business right away. You present the new business and you give it time to think. And pray about, and then the next meeting, if you want to schedule it, we talk about it and we discuss about it. And they said the reason why is because sometimes things are brought and we just want results now. We want to do it now. It's exciting and it's great and we want to do things now, but we have to weigh the cost at some things. We have to weigh the cost of decisions that we do. We want to make sure everything's right and our eyes are dotted and T's are straight. Why? Because this is God's business. And we need to be up above God's business. Amen? Up and aboard of God's business. Amen? And that's just with life in general. Sometimes we make hasty decisions because the temptation comes and we fail it so many times. So what do we do? What do we do in these times of temptations? What do we do when these things come? The author says simply, don't just walk, run. (laughs) Don't just walk, run. 
He says, no doubt the best way to avoid temptation is to stay away from it. Just because it seems obvious that we should avoid temptation doesn't mean we'll make it our habit to do so. We have to decide to avoid temptation. It's easy to just say, oh, stay away from this or stay away from that or do this or do that or do that or don't do all these things. You know, it's easy for me to say, you know what, what we're not going to... We're not going to vote on anything new. I'll use the board for example. We're not going to vote on anything new until Brother Kenneth's got a wild idea. You know he's got these wild ideas. (laughs) He wants to buy a a new van. Oh, he wants to buy a new van or new this or new that. And oh, he's got something and it's just this great deal. And oh, we got to get it now. We got to get it now. Oh, hallelujah. And we could say, oh, now I know what we said. We said we can't vote on anything. We've got to just discuss it. Yeah, but oh, you know. See, it's easy for us to say when temptation comes, we're just going to hide. But sometimes that little booger gets right up in there and just, oh, won't he talk to you about it, Sister Cat? He'll say, oh, look at that pretty van. Oh, it's so shiny and new. Look at that old thing y'all got. Good Lord, have mercy. It's falling apart. But look at this new van. Oh, it's so shiny. Look, it's even got um, uh, air control for everybody. It's got seat belts for every. Oh, it's just wonderful. And you're just sitting there mouthing off and just watering and thinking, Oh, Lord, this is just going to be wonderful. Speaking of, let me go ahead and tell you that we're going to be voting on the... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, but this is just a silly example here. But see, it is easy to say I'm going to avoid the temptation, but temptation can find you. So you can't necessarily just say, I'm going to avoid. I'm just going to avoid it. It's unavoidable. As long as you live, you will be tempted. I hate to say that, but that is the truth. We will be tempted. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, we know this. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as in common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. This brings encouragement to me. This should bring encouragement to you that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was all man, yes, and he was all God, but yet he was tempted. And I believe what my Bible says. I am of the persuasion that this is the infallible, authoritative, written word of God. What it says is true. Every jot, every tittle, every period, everything. So when it says that Jesus was tempted, I believe he was tempted. I believe he was at a point where he thought, well, that does make sense. But no, I'm not going to do it. We're going to talk about that later. But oh, folks, that gives us encouragement because I know when temptation comes 
And I know when temptation hits us, we know that we aren't by ourselves in this matter. But Jesus himself dealt with the same urges and desires and pleasures that we have. Amen? That are contrary to God's word. Amen? James 1 and 13. We know this one. I've heard this. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. That is true. God does not tempt anyone. God may allow things to come our way. As we've read in the book of Job, we understand that God and Satan had a conversation and God allowed Satan to do some things. But God never tempted Job. God never did that. And folks, because you are being tempted does not mean that you have committed a sin. Hear me. It does not mean that you are in a sinful place. It does not mean that you are in contrary to God and that you're in a wrong relationship with him or you've made a mistake. No, that does not mean that. That means that the devil is just after you. The devil's after you. He knows it. And that is what it's telling you and I, that Jesus himself was being tempted. And folks, we are tempted as well. But thanks be to God, we've got a way of escape from all of this. We have a way of escape. Our faithful God won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. Amen? It said in Hebrews 4, in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Amen? He is able to overcome, the, to aid those who are tempted. So how do we overcome temptation? How do we do that? What are some things that we can do? What are some ways of escape that the Bible talks about? What's interesting is that word way of escape, it talked about a passageway out of a cannon. Uh, a canyon, excuse me. <laughs> there ain't no way out of a cannon, but I guarantee you, if God allowed you in there, he's going to make your way out. <laughs> oh, it's from a Greek word that denotes a passageway out of a canyon. And what it's talking about is those sharp ravines that when you go in in, in, in Middle Eastern countries with that dry, dirt, cracked ground and everything, they make divots and sharp points. And if you in that situation where you're in a canyon, it's hard sometimes to see if there is a way out. You've just got to get closer to the end and right before at the end, there is usually a little path that you can't see that makes its way out of that canyon. Folks, ain't that just what God does for us sometimes? Sometimes we are tempted and sometimes we are attacked. Sometimes we are pushed to the brink and we don't know what in the world we're going to do and we need God. But yet he just comes alongside us and says, hold on, I'm telling you, you're going to make it, hold on. And then when you're almost at wit's end, there's a way of escape. 
And he shows himself wonderful to you. He shows himself mighty to you. Amen. That is that way of escape. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so one of the reasons how we are able to resist the devil is what we read in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. Where it said the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. How we overcome temptation is by the sword. The spirit, the the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Do me a favor. Does everybody have a Bible? Everybody have a Bible? Get your Bible out for me. A fake one. (laughs) uh, See? Temptation. Right there was a live demonstration of temptation. Right there. And I shouldn't. But see the devil. Ooh, I'm telling you. Get a a real one. Like a tangible one. (laughs) Not a digital copy. Amen. Here we go. First Chronicles 29 and 17. Find it. First Chronicles 29 and 17. If you got it, jump up. Oops, somebody say it. Read it. Yeah. Joshua 8 and 1. If you got it, say it. Go, no, read it. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> and the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people from the world with thee and arise and look to I see. I have given unto into thy hand the king of I. All right. All right, close your books. One more, we'll be done with it. Ephesians 6 and 17. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, go ahead and read it. No, that's all right. <laughs> Cindy, you're not playing. Sit down. (laughs) See, temptation again. (laughs) Amen. Y'all remember these sword drills? I remember in the fact we have to stand in the very back and then someone would do a scripture. And then if you said it right, like Sister Danner, you did the first one right, you would have moved up a chair and you would have moved up and whoever got to the front pew won it. Amen. 
How we resist temptation is the Word, is God's Word. Now, let me explain something to you. We know that this Bible is God's Word. Amen? This is God's Word. This is a powerful instrument. This is a mighty thing, the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? Oh, in here is wisdom and knowledge to help you in your life and everything, any question, any doubts, anything. It's got the answers for you. But folks, it don't do no good if it sits right there. It don't do no good if it's on your dresser. I've got all those Bibles in a bookcase in my office they ain't doing me one bit of good. <laughs> Just saying I've got them and I've got different translations and all of that kind of stuff. It don't help. That's not protecting me. That's not keeping me. That's not covering me. Amen. I don't want to say that the Bible is worthless because it is not. What's a sad thing is the book tells us here, GQ, which is a man's magazine, listed... Uh, they had an article about 21, I believe it was 21 different books that you need to stop reading because they're useless. The Bible was included in that list. Irrelevant. It is not irrelevant. This is God's fresh word. I'm telling you there are things that you can read that I can read one moment and love it and God speak to me I can turn back a few weeks a few months a few years and read the same thing and it comes new again I did not realize this but um, Sunday night I had preached about worry and brother Waddell came up to me and said do you know you preached that word that same message uh, back in June or, or something like that and I said I did not know that I did not know that I didn't know that I preached that but see how it's funny how God works that even though I preached that message to y'all back in the summer, it, was, it felt like something fresh and new Sunday night like I'd never heard it before in my life. That's God's word. That is God's power in this word. See, the sword of the spirit is not this. The sword of the spirit is this. It's this. It's his words. And that's what he was talking about um, here. To take and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. It's the word that look. There's two words. Logos is a word is the meaning of just God's word. Almost like his tangible. You can pick it up. This is God's word. But Rhema is his words. It's what he has spoken. Amen. So we can take this Bible, and folks, let me tell you, I've hugged, y'all know me, I have hugged this Bible at times when I have felt depressed or I have felt anxious or I have felt that I couldn't sleep or nothing like that. I'm not diminishing that, but folks, I guarantee you one thing, I cracked this up before I grabbed a hold of this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I read this book. I remember scriptures. I quoted scriptures. I've done as I was holding God's word. 
Folks, that's what's going to help us to fight the temptations. And again, when I'm talking about temptations, I'm not talking about bad stuff. I don't believe there's none of us here that wants to, you know, do some things and all of that kind of stuff that I won't go into. Amen. But I know we are tempted at times to lie. We are tempted sometimes to get angry. We are tempted sometimes to go against what God expects us to do. Why? Because maybe it don't feel good. Maybe we want to feel good or maybe we want it this way and we don't like God's plan and we're going to fall into that temptation. But folks, how we combat it is God's words, his words. And so the author went in and how we can do that. He went in and explained Jesus. Now, here we go back again. Jesus We know that in Matthew's gospel, chapter number four, right after chapter three ends when Jesus is baptized by John and God speaks with an audible voice, the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a a dove, sits on top of Jesus. That's why we don't believe in the one God. We believe in the Trinity. There was three distinct persons, but they were all three God. God spoke, the Holy Spirit descended, And Jesus, the son, was blessed. Amen. And God spoke and said, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. Folks, wouldn't that be a glorious thing if you got baptized in this pool behind me and the heavens opened up and said, this is my beloved son, my beloved daughter and whom I well pleased. My goodness, there wouldn't be a devil in hell that could stand against us, I don't believe. But right after that, Jesus, it said, God told him to go in the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil. And it's so interesting because the author made it this way. It's the same strategy that Satan uses against us when we're tempted. And he said that it began in the very beginning in Genesis. He told Eve the fruit was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, And be able to make one wise. Three things. What is that? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That is Satan's temptation strategy to us. And he did the same thing to Jesus. Oh, Matthew said, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. That was the lust of the flesh. Oh, Jesus, now you know you're hungry. I can hear your stomach from here. Oh, my. Just make those bread. Just turn those stones into bread and eat. Now, God don't. Now, God, God's all right with that. You go on and eat it. You will go on and eat that. What was interesting to me was he brought this point, and I never heard this before. The author said it was God's will for those stones to be stones. It was not God's will to make those stones into bread. Could he have done it? Yes, he could have. Could Jesus have done it? Absolutely within just a flash. But God said, and this is what the author said, and I thought, oh, that makes sense to me. God's will was for those stones to be stones, not to be turned into bread and to be eaten and it could be consumed. And so if Jesus would have done just something as simple as turn those bread, 
those stones into bread, he would have been against the will of God. And there would have been that contrary. Oh, God set one of those to be stones. I don't know why you just wanted to turn those into bread, but whatever, ain't they ain't like that. Oh, then we read in uh, verses 5 and 6 where Satan takes them up to the temple and says, Oh, just fall from this temple. And oh, the Bible says that if you, you won't be harmed, you won't dash your foot, the angels will catch you. So go on, Jesus. Just, just fall. God's going to protect you. Again, something that was interesting is the location of where Satan was and Jesus was. It said that there was, um, the author made some references to some scholars that said in this particular position where they were at is very, very high in the temple. And they said if he were to fall, he would have landed right on, I believe it was called the, the threshing floor or the floor of the temple. And that is where everybody is at. Everybody is at. You can go in through the floor or, or walk around through the floor. And they said that in prophecy, how Jesus is going to be known as the Messiah is how? He's going to be, he's going to descend to on the temple. So, oh, that would have been, that would have said, hey, I'm Jesus. I came down from this temple and I fell down like what the Old Testament scripture says. And I'm Jesus. See, that would have been against God's plan. God's plan was not that. God did not want to do that. But see, it was the lust of the eyes. Jesus, wouldn't that look good? You would have to worry about these people cursing you. You wouldn't have to worry about people stoning you. You wouldn't have to worry about people being upset with you. they just follow you. Oh, look, Jesus. But he said, nope. Don't, he's not going to do it. And then lastly, we know the pride of life, that temptation where he said, I'll give you the whole world. I'll give you everything. You won't want for nothing. Oh, I'll give you it all. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And that was the pride of life, the pride of life. Oh, and what was interesting too was that it said Satan could have given uh, Jesus that he could have because when Adam and Eve sinned it allowed Satan to come in and be the the God of this world amen that's the scripture talks about Satan as the God of this world its systems how it thinks how it operates amen so he could have given it to him oh but that was not what was God's plan was so folks one thing that and I'll and I'm going to be and I'll close here. One thing that Jesus did when he combated Satan was that he used God's words. He quoted God's word. Today at the, uh, in the Bible app, um, I, I do that every time. I've got it on my phone, and so every day there's a new scripture. And, you know... Let me say this. I believe that it is important that we stay in God's Word. I believe that we ought to be in God's Word more than we are on Facebook. I believe we ought to be on God's Word more than we are on television. More than a lot of things that we do in life. But I do understand that if you're like me, you can't necessarily stand 
to read for long periods. And if you do, you just completely forget <laughs> what you just read. <laughs> so I like that Bible app because it does the verse of the day. And I mean, this just blessed me, and this is crazy, but the days was John 10 and 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And I'm telling you, I just read that over and over again. And I'd just be doing something at work and I'd say, let me read that again. And I'd just read it again and I'd just think about it. Oh, the devil's not mean nothing but to just kill, steal, and destroy. But God, Jesus is overcoming. He's going to give us life. And life more abundantly. And I mean, I just fed on that. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's getting into God's Word. That's letting it meditate. That's letting it oozing in. Just being a part of your being. You know, when you eat food, guess what happens? You eat food, your stomach digests everything. And what is nutrient, it absorbs it in your body. If it's not... You'll do like whatever it has to do and just run and say, I got to go peeps. I got to go peeps. <laughs> and he goes to the bathroom. Everything that comes out is waste. But everything that's absorbed is to our nutrient and is for our benefit. And folks, that's exactly what God's word does. Don't eat it and it just be waste. But read it and digest it and let it absorb in you and let it be fruit unto you. That you can combat against Satan and his many temptations that he has for us. Oh, I'm telling you. And now it should be so easy because we've got our phone and we could just, whoop, I feel like getting mad. Oh, let me see what this Bible says. Oh, da, 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 da. This is what the scripture says. What's interesting too is you can do on that Bible app and search about anger or search about whatever. It just gives you scriptures right there. What you need right there on anger and how to deal with it and what the Bible says. Amen. We live in a fascinating world, don't we? we? We live in a world where technology is so easy and information is just at our fingertips. And that's good. That's good. But I know that some of this stuff is bad. And some of these things, of course, you know, television's not, not evil, but people have used that median or media for evil to, to do all kind of mess and everything like that. So, folks, in closing, I want you to remember... Now, when you fall into temptation, it's not a sin. It's just the devil getting crotty close to you. And it's during those times you've got to hunker down. Read God's Word. Memorize God's Word. The book talks about that. Get you a verse and memorize that. I tried to do that with those um, bread... Uh, what are they called? I've got them on my desk. They're um, daily bread. Our daily bread. I've got one and it's a clear <laughs> see-through case and it's got all these cards and you just read that little scripture and I try and, and remember it and try and quote it and if I don't you know I, I don't have that good of a memory but I write it down on notes and I can say oh this is good I can go back and I can read it and I can remember it amen amen this was good and I thought was encouraging and I thought just something that we all need to understand and one thing we, do, we need is not only prayer, but we need God's Word. We need God's Word. We need that daily time of prayer and communion with God, but we also need that time 
where we're reading God's word and he's speaking to us in that way. Amen. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.